Well, hello there, everybody. Boy, do we got a good one. Today, you can tell by the title already that we are doing a scripture study, but this is different than the other scripture studies that we have done on the podcast so far. Because we're not just picking one verse or one story and breaking it down. What we're doing is we're going to be talking about false prophets and false prophecy. That's what we're going to be doing. Because I don't know about you, but lately, like over the last few months, I have seen a disturbing amount of false prophets lead so many people astray. You see them online, or or, or they could be like social media influencers, or it could be some pastors in your town. There has been there has been a surge of people who proclaim to be prophets that give prophecies that end up being untrue. And they continue to lead people astray. And I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. This makes me mad. It boils my blood. I'm just being real, right? I, I, I don't want, I don't want to sugarcoat anything. It really, it really sets me off because you have people who will believe these false prophets and the people who do most of the time they are good intentioned they have a good heart they're wanting to live for god and they just get led astray by deception i've fallen for it you might have fallen for it and there are so many people that have fallen for it that what i felt like god put on my heart was to do a scripture study where i give you a bunch of scripture that pertains to prophecy false prophecy, what false prophecy looks like, and how we are supposed to handle it. So I can equip you with not my opinion, with not the opinion of people who proclaim to speak for God, but for the actual word of God. The thing that stands above anything that any human can say, me, your favorite pastor, whoever, I want to equip you with these things. So you know what to look for. You know when things are not as they're supposed to be. And you're able to test these things and correct them when you see them. But real quick, if you haven't already, go into the description of of the podcast or the video, wherever you're watching or listening. And there's some links in there. There's a link that'll allow you to see the video version of this podcast. It'll get you hooked up to the different socials if you want to stay connected with the podcast. And if you want to support the podcast, um, there's a link in the description as well for that. But You know, if you have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to this surge of false prophecies, um, good, (laughs) like, like that is a good thing. If you, if you have not ran across these things, um, that's good. I'm glad. But if you are someone that has, then you know that there has been a slew of false prophecies regarding a lot of different things. But for the most part, for some reason, these false prophecies are regarding the election, right? The election that just happened. And regarding COVID, regarding what we were supposed to see in the year of 2020 that didn't come to pass. And my fear is this. My fear, my fear comes from looking at these videos of these prophecies and seeing the amount of views, millions, millions of people viewing this, hundreds of thousands of people liking and sharing the videos, and thousands of comments of people. Christians, believers who are in agreement with these prophets who are proven to be false. And my fear is, is that if we're not careful, we can start 
to blindly follow these false prophets and we can start to confess our loyalty to them and their quote unquote spirituality instead of giving our loyalty to God and what his word says. I've seen these people defend these so-called prophets to the grave instead of defending God's word, the word that became flesh and the flesh that went to the grave and rose again. And I just have to say this, that when we put our loyalty in, in, and our trust in man instead of God and his word, then we can be easily led astray and easily deceived. Now, my goal with this scripture study, and we're about to get into the multitude of scripture. There is a ton of verses, and I'm going to put them all in the description so you can go back and reference them because I want you to be equipped with these. But my goal is not to attack anyone in particular. There is a ton of people that I could call out by name, but that's not my goal. My goal is not to attack anyone or to call anyone out in particular. My goal is to simply equip you with God's word as it regards to prophecy, false prophecy, and how you can guard yourself from being deceived by false prophets. Because honestly, simply just hearing me tell you what is right or who is right and wrong, that does nothing. Hearing your other favorite pastors or or podcast people that you listen to say that certain things are right and wrong, that does nothing for you. You'd be surprised how how common this is that we will we will place our walk with God. We will place the knowledge that we claim to have about the Bible, about what God's will is. We will place that on just the word of other people, of other teachers. And I don't want that for us. I want I want us to be able to as as individuals be able to go into the Bible and discern what it says for ourselves instead of relying on me or whoever else to tell you what to think. That that's my goal. And so let's go ahead and jump in but before we get started into the meat of the matter I, I want to start off with with one verse and this this will set us off in the right path. This is 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. But there were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will cleverly teach destructive heresies and even deny the master who brought them. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teaching and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get hold of your money, but God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. What I want us to focus on first and foremost as it pertains to prophecy is this. Just like the scripture said that they will deny the master who brought them, if anybody that you are listening to who claims to be a prophet or a pastor or to hear from God or to speak from God, if any, of, if any of these people say that Jesus is not the Lord and Savior, that he did not die on the cross and he did not raise from the dead to free us from sin and death, do not follow them. If anyone you're listening to denies Jesus, denies that he is the Messiah, that he is the one and only Son of God, anyone who denies Jesus is not a prophet from God. They do not need to be listened to. That That's like, that, that's the first thing. There's a lot of other things you can disagree on as far as prophecy goes, but this is the foundation 
for how we're going to start in these scriptures. All right, so so let's get started into this. First things first, what does it mean to be a prophet? Like, like what is a prophet? If we're going to take a look at prophecy and false prophecy and trying to identify these things, we need to know what a prophet is. So the the Hebrew word for prophet is the word nabah, and it just means to speak by inspiration. And so the question naturally is, well, what what inspiration? <laughs> like what inspiration is the prophet speaking from? And what we will see in in the upcoming scriptures is that the inspiration is from God. It is from God. That's first and foremost. The inspiration does not come from our own desires. It does not come from our own making. It does not come from what we feel like should be right or wrong. The inspiration solely comes from God. Also, being a prophet means more than just predicting the future. The first concern of a prophet is to speak God's word to his people. So simply put, a prophet is God's mouthpiece. The prophet speaks on behalf of God. Now, this is an immensely important job. Th- this is something that should not be taken lightly. It, this is something that is taken so seriously that God is, is so serious about who claims to speak for him. And he, he gives us instruction on what should be done to those who claim to speak from God who claimed to speak God's word and how we're supposed to deal with those who don't, but claim they do. The first, the first text that we're going to get into is Deuteronomy 18, verse 18 through 22. This, this is going to be like the big meat (laughs) of what we're discussing. Um, because this is something that you can just come back to. If you want to evaluate, if a prophecy is true, or if someone who claims to be a prophet is really a prophet from God, God's about to give us instructions on how to recognize this. It's so simple. I promise you. So check this out. I will raise up a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites. I will put my words in his mouth. There's the mouthpiece part that we've been talking about. And he will tell the people everything I command him. I will personally deal with anyone who will not listen to the messages the prophet proclaims on my behalf. But any prophet who falsely claims to speak in my name or who speaks in the name of another God must die. But you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? If the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true, you will know that the Lord did not give that message. The prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. This gives us an idea of how serious God takes speaking on his behalf. This shows us how serious he is. You know, when you think about saying that you are speaking for God, There's some things that I've noticed in our culture that actually um, was brought to light for me from um, this guy named Alan Parr. And he pointed out how so often, especially in our our culture today, we'll say things like, yeah, God said to me, or God showed me, or this is what God told me. And, 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 And we'll say this. We'll say this, you know, if we've been reading our Bible and we're sharing it with our friends, we're like, oh my gosh, you you gotta you gotta listen to what God said to me while I was reading my Bible. Or if you had a dream, you'd be like, you gotta listen to what God said to me in my dream and 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 we'll speak on behalf of God without even realizing it. And, and, and we throw it around so loosely, this idea that that we're speaking 
for God. But we need to be careful about this because God takes this seriously. He said, look, anyone who claims to speak in my name who didn't hear from me must die. <laughs> like, like that's serious. Just, just think about it. Look, look at your life and think, has there ever been times where, you know, I'm not saying that you did this on purpose, but has there ever been times where you said to, you said to someone, yeah, this is what God said to me, or God showed me this, or this is what God said to me in my dream. You know, it makes us think twice about saying these things. And the question that we need to ask ourselves, if, if we think that God said something to us, or we think that God gave us a dream, or that God showed us something, and, and we feel the urge to want to tell someone about what God said to us, and we're speaking on God's behalf, we should ask ourselves this question. Are you willing to die for what God has shown you? Are you willing to die for what you claim God has said to you? We really need to think about that because God takes speaking on his behalf, prophesying on his behalf very seriously to the point where if you didn't hear from God and you falsely claim to speak in his name, you must die. We need to ask ourselves that. And to be honest, I'll admit I've done this before. This was a moment where I had to repent. Uh, you know, I had to repent and, and and ask God to forgive me because I did this a lot without even recognizing the implications of it. Like you can go back to some of the earlier messages on this podcast. I guarantee you, you can go back to like maybe the first 10. And I guarantee you there will be at some point where I said, you know, yeah, God showed me this in the text and, and God said, blah, blah, blah. And, and I mean, honestly, I wouldn't be willing to die for that. Because when you think, when I think about it, I, I really don't know if that's what God showed me. I feel like he revealed something to me, but I'm not confident enough to say that that is exactly what God said and speak on his behalf. So we need to be careful with that. We, we need to be aware of the serious implications and we need to be aware of that when we hear other people say it. I've heard a ton of pastors say this and, and look, they very well may be right. They literally could have heard a word from God and they could be completely right and just in what they're saying, but there's also the possibility that they might not be. We need to be aware of that. I also want to point out where God says that if the prediction does not happen or come true, that's how you know that they are not a prophet that heard from me, that they're a false prophet. And this is where I really want us to understand some things um, that are undeniable about the scripture. And that is that God's word is not a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. God does not say things that are incorrect or um, misinformed when he gives a message or a word to a prophet. And I have a few Bible verses to back this up. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says this, every word of God proves true. In Numbers chapter 23 verse 19 says this, God is not man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? When it comes to God's word, it is always right. It's either a yes or a no. There, there's no in between. When God speaks to the prophets, what he tells them to say will come to pass because he said it. There's no such thing as God giving a word and it just doesn't happen. And God goes, oh, snap. <laughs> Yo, my bad dog. I guess I got that. I guess I got that wrong, bro. Like, I, I guess I didn't 
interpret the future correctly. That, that, that never happens. God's word always proves true. It's that simple. It's that simple. And this is really, really crucial for us to understand. Because one way that you can detect a false prophet right off the bat is if they start to backpedal on what God told them. I've seen this so many times on these YouTube prophets. They will claim a prophecy. They'll give dates. They'll give details. And then when it doesn't come to pass, instead of them admitting that they didn't hear from God, they claim that the word that they got from God was mistaken or misunderstood or God just gave them incorrect detail. And I want to tell you right now that the word of God is not mistaken. If God gives a word, every single letter in that word will come to pass without a doubt. And anyone who claims that they received a word from God and then starts to backpedal or starts to move the goalpost or change what they thought they heard from God isn't a prophet. They didn't hear a word from God because God does not make mistakes. Now, I want to be clear. This is not an attack on prophecy. Not at all. I believe that the gift of prophecy is alive and well today, but we have to learn to discern our feelings and our desires from a word from God. We have to learn how to to discern that. We can't fall into the trap of believing, and this happens so often, that if we have strong feelings and passionate desires, that they equal a word from God, that they equal that they were sent from God. How do I know this? In James chapter one, he tells us about how temptation comes from our own desires. So it's very clear that our desires at some level can't fully be trusted and they can deceive us and tempt us into believing things that are not from God. So I want to hop into Jeremiah because this is going to be the next scripture regarding false prophecy. And this is going to give us an example of some of the false prophets that God was having to deal with so often. Um, And we find this in the Old Testament. And God's going to give us an idea of what it looks like, why it happens, and why it's effective. So Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 13 through 15. From the least to the greatest, their lives are ruled by greed. From prophets to priests, they are all frauds. They offer superficial treatments for my people's mortal wounds. They give assurances of peace when there is no peace. Are they ashamed of their disgusting actions? Not at all. They don't even know how to blush. Therefore, they will lie among the slaughtered. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. Once again, God takes falsely prophesying in his name very seriously. Very seriously. And what is God dealing with here? He's dealing with prophets that in a time of impending destruction on Jerusalem, he's dealing with prophets that are telling their people that everything's going to be fine, that there's going to be peace, that that there's nothing to worry about. Look at at what happens next in Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 13. Then I said, O sovereign Lord, their prophets are telling them, All is well. No war or famine will come. The Lord will surely send you peace. Then the Lord said, These prophets are telling lies in my name. I did not send them or tell them to speak. I did not even give them any messages. They prophesy of visions and revelations they have never seen or heard. They speak foolishness made up in their own lying heart. So the prophecy that these prophets were giving was from a desire of peace. It wasn't from God. It was from their desire to see peace. They they, they didn't desire 
to listen to the prophecy that God was actually giving through Jeremiah that there was going to be judgment and destruction and pain and suffering. They didn't want to hear that. That wasn't their desire because the prophecy from God was that there was not going to be peace. So why did they make it up? Why did they lie? Why did they falsely prophesy? Could they have actually believed what they were saying? I mean, think about it like this. Here's where our desires come into play. If you are a so-called prophet, the last thing that you would want to believe or preach, the last thing that your heart would ever desire would be going out to the people of your community, the people that you love, and saying that destruction and judgment are coming. That's the last thing you would want to do. The last thing you'd want to do is go out and say how they have sinned and they're being punished because that does not feel good to say. You want to know something? And this is pretty evident from the passage that we read and also some that we're going to read. That it's possible for us to desire or want something to be true so bad that we can trick ourselves into believing that is from God. We can desire to see something happen in our country so bad. We can desire to see prosperity in our life so bad. We can desire for one person to be in office so bad that we will claim the feelings that we have are from God when they might not be. Because honestly, our desires are not always God's. I think that's pretty clear when you look at just the history of humanity. Our will and God's will don't always match up. Our desires and God's desires don't always match up. So what can we learn from this text in Jeremiah 14? We can learn to be wary of prophets who say they feel like God is saying X, Y, and Z. I hear this a lot. People say, I just feel like this is what God is telling me. I just feel like God is saying X, Y, and Z. But we have to understand that our feelings can lead to deception. You know, God also tells us that that they would prophesy of visions and revelations and, and all of these things. You know, not every claim of seeing visions and dreams are even true. I think this is something that we have to be aware of, um, especially in the Christian community. We can be we can be so welcoming and so forgiving to a fault that we will believe that anybody who says that they have a vision or a dream from God is actually doing so in good intention. Can I just tell you that not every person who claims to be a Christian, not every person who claims to have dreams or visions from God even believe in God in the first place? It's sad, but there are people in this world who who are driven by their own desires of greed or or evil or or whatever it may be where they will just completely lie just to see how far they can go. And this is what God was saying in Jeremiah 14, that they prophesy of visions and revelations that they have never even seen or heard. So it's not like they were getting these revelations or visions from other sources. No, no, no. They were prophesying of things that never even occurred, that never even happened. And that's very possible today. That can still happen today. You know, this idea of our desires, of our thoughts, and feelings driving us to say that certain things are from God or that God said certain things to us. It's so prevalent and, and, and God realizes that this is a problem, that he doesn't stop there. The next text that we're going to read through is Jeremiah 23 verses 16 through 40. It's a long text, 
And so you have to stick with me. But before I go into it, I urge you to do this. Please, 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 please take the time to verify these scriptures for yourself. Like go through in these scriptures that, that I'm going through, read them for yourself, verify them for yourself, verify that what I'm saying to you is, is true. Don't just take my word for it. And I say this because false prophecy, the, the biggest roots of false prophecy can be planted because the people that are listening are not well equipped enough to know if what the prophet is saying is scriptural or not. Sometimes we just don't have a knowledge of the scripture. So when a, when a, a quote unquote prophet quotes something from the Bible and claims that, that it supports what they're saying, if we don't know scripture and if we're not able to go into that text and read through the context and verify it ourselves, we can fall for anything. Honestly, if you wanted to, you can make any verse in the Bible say anything that you wanted to say out of context. This is why we have to test and verify what we're being taught. This goes not just for people who you think are false prophets. This goes for me. This goes for other pastors that you listen to. This goes for your friends in your study groups. Don't just take people's word for it. Do the study yourself because it helps you grow as well. You know, we wonder why people can start believing crazy things like like people can get into cults that we can clearly see from the outside are crazy and that they're completely uh, twisting scripture. But if you don't take the time to get rooted in what the Bible says, you can be deceived and fooled in so many different ways. And this happens when people are told that they just need to believe what the pastor says or believe what the prophet says because the prophet is so much more holier or they're so much better. You're never allowed to question them, to correct them, or to try and teach them because you're not holy enough or knowledgeable enough. I urge you, please, for your own growth, test the scriptures that you are given. Verify them. Go through. Make sure that what these people are saying and the way that they are using the scriptures is being done correctly. All right. Jeremiah 23, 16 through 40. Let's get into it. This is what the Lord of heaven's army says to his people. Do not listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying to those who despise my word, don't worry. The Lord says you'll have peace. And to those who stubbornly follow their own desires, they say no harm will come your way. First point is this. If someone claims that you can claim or that you can gain salvation without Jesus Christ, they're lying. We covered that earlier. That's the first thing. If they claim that you can get to God and, and have salvation without Jesus, they're lying. If someone says that you can follow God and continue to just sin and do whatever you please, they're lying. See, th this type of warning that God gives about people who will say, don't worry. The Lord says you'll have peace. You can continue to follow your own desires and no harm will come your way. This is an appeasement gospel. When people want to avoid offending people or making people uncomfortable with the word of God, so they start to water it down and they start to sugarcoat what Jesus taught and what the Bible teaches us. You know, to be honest, Jesus offended people everywhere he went. He did. Why? Because when you're pure, when, when you are a sinless person living among sinners, you will offend people. <laughs> it, it's impossible to not offend people. 
And these announcements of peace and safety that God is describing here, they have remnants of prosperity gospel. The prosperity gospel that promises that if you just believe hard enough, you'll never face pain, you'll never face hardships, you'll never face suffering, you'll never face loss. This this type of gospel that people will claim and say, no, it doesn't matter what you do. You can sin all day long. You can keep living the way you want to live because God is love and a loving God would never judge you or, or punish you. This is the same false prophecy that God is trying to warn us about that we even see today in some churches that we need to be aware of because we're never promised complete safety from having to deal with struggles. We're never promised that we're going to be, you know, rich and wealthy on this earth. What we are promised is that we will have hope, love, and salvation to get us through the inevitable pain and suffering that we will experience on this earth and in this life. That's what God is warning us about here. All right, on to the next verse. Have any of these prophets been in the Lord's presence to hear what he is really saying? Has even one of them cared enough to listen? Look, the Lord's anger burst out like a storm, a whirlwind that swirls down on the heads of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not diminish until it has finished all he has planned. In the days to come, you will understand all this very clearly. I have not sent these prophets, yet they run around claiming to speak for me. I have given them no message, yet they go on prophesying. If they had stood before me and listened to me, they would have spoken my words, and they would have turned my people from their evil ways and deeds. I am a God who is only close at hand, says the Lord. No, I am far away at the same time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and earth, says the Lord? I have heard these prophets say, listen to the dream I had from God last night, and they proceed to tell lies in my name. So now God is bringing up dreams. (laughs) This is the next part. You know, first he was attacking the fact that they would speak from their own desires and pointing out the fact that they will, you know, just make up these revelations and visions. And now he's getting to the dream part. This may sound crazy to you, what I'm about to say, but not every dream is from God. (laughs) I know, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, but it's true. And you know this to be true because how many times has your wife woken up in the middle of the night punching you because she had a dream that you was cheating on her with some type of celebrity? (laughs) Like how many times have you woken up in a cold sweat because you had a dream that your loved ones died and then you find out the next day and then the next year and the years to come that that didn't happen? You know, I've had dreams that I thought were from God, that, that I thought were some type of like prophetic future type event. I've even had some that I've wrote down and dated because of how scary they were and how vivid they seems. But I never openly claimed that they were from God. I wouldn't go to someone and say, this is what God said to me is going to happen because of my dream. Why? Because I'm honestly not that sure that I would be willing to die for them if I were wrong. If I were speaking on God's behalf on something that wasn't true. You know, dreams can be weird. Many times in the Bible, we hear about dreams that were from God. So yes, there are definitely dreams that can be from God. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. If you're someone that has had a dream from God that actually came true, great. Like that's awesome. That, that's really awesome. I've never had one in my experience, but I know it can happen. But that doesn't mean that every dream is from God. We have to understand that 
our desires and our feelings and our life circumstances can dictate our dreams. Like when I was a kid, I wanted an iPhone so bad. I wanted an iPhone 4 so bad. I kept begging my dad for it. That's all I wanted. I I wanted it so bad that I would have dreams that I woke up and rolled over and had an iPhone on my nightstand. Vivid dreams. I was playing with this joint. I had dreams that I had an iPhone and then I woke up and realized that I never had it. And I ended up not even getting the one I wanted. We have to pay attention to this in our own life. We have to pay attention. If we have a dream that's so vivid that we think it's from God, we need to look back and say, okay, does this dream correspond with something that I desire or something that I fear? Like some type of feeling or emotion that is being acted out in a dream? Dreams can be from God, yes. But if you have a dream that you think is from God, you need to stay in prayer. You need to stay in his word. You need to ask God if it is true before claiming a prophetic word. Because God clearly states that there are people who will say, listen to this dream I had from God last night, and they'll just start lying. Whether they're doing it on purpose or whether they're truly convinced that this dream was from God when it wasn't. All right, on to the next verse. How long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit, inventing everything they say by telling these false dreams. They are trying to get my people to forget me, just as their ancestors did by worshiping the idols of Baal. This is where we need discernment and understanding that we live in a fallen world. Because not everyone who claims to have a dream or a word from God is telling the truth. Like I said earlier, not everyone who says, yo, I had a dream from God. God spoke to me. Not everyone that says that is telling the truth. They could be lying because either one, they are just misinformed and they thought they had a dream from God, but it really wasn't from God. Or they could be just completely lying to get attention and money. They're doing it for greed. They realize that that a big portion of the body of Christ is craving these type of prophetic words, craving these, this type of act in, in the spirit. They realize that people are craving this so bad that people may be deceived into believing things that aren't true. And these people will do it for greed. They will love to feast off the desires of our hearts to want to hear from God that they'll tell lies to do it. So he continues, let these false prophets tell their dreams, but let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. There's a difference between straw and grain. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Therefore, says the Lord, I am against these prophets who steal messages from each other and claim they are from me. I am against these smooth tongued prophets who say this prophecy is from the Lord. I am against these false prophets. God hit on something here (laughs) that that just applied so well to what's happening today because I'm seeing this everywhere online on all these YouTube prophets. You'll see them post videos every single day. And the titles will be like, you won't believe this word that God gave me today. You won't believe this dream that God gave me. I prayed that God would speak to me and he gave me a dream. And it's like day after day after day. And then you'll see other prophets doing the same exact thing. And and you'll see all these different videos from all these different self-proclaimed prophets. And it's like they're giving the same message. It's like they're just parroting what another quote unquote prophet claims. And you might say, well, you know what? That must mean it's true. Like if this many people are hearing the same thing from God, it must be true. And I mean, honestly, yes, 
it could be from God. Like it, it could be from God. That's true. But God is also clearly pointing out that this is a strategy that false prophets will use. They will steal messages from other prophets because those messages sound good and they realize that they can deceive people with it. We also have to test what they say. Like this, this is so important. We have to test what these prophets say. And we're going to get to testing the prophecies later. But anyone who claims that this prophecy is from the Lord, we got to test it. <laughs> like, like we cannot just take them at their word. Scripture tells us to test it. All right, continuing on. Their imaginary dreams are fragrant lies that lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. I, the Lord, have spoken. Suppose one of these people or one of the prophets or priests asks you, what prophecy has the Lord burdened you with now? You must reply, you are the burden. This is, this is God speaking to Jeremiah. He says, you must reply, you are the burden. The Lord says he will abandon you. If any prophet, priest, or anyone else says, I have a prophecy from the Lord, I will punish that person along with his entire family. Just to give you context here, God is not saying that anyone who actually is a prophet who says that they prophesy in the name of the Lord. He's not saying that he'll punish them. The problem that's happening in Jeremiah and what God is going off on right now is that God appointed one prophet, and that was Jeremiah, to give his prophecy to his people. But there's all these other people who are claiming to be prophets and claiming to prophesy in the name of the Lord who were not prophets. So God is saying, if any of these people say that they are hearing from the Lord, I'll punish them because they're not. So, so that's what he's saying. But he says, you should keep asking each other, what is the Lord's answer? Or what is the Lord saying? But stop using this phrase prophecy from the Lord for people are using it to give authority to their own ideas, turning upside down the words of our God, the living God, the Lord of heaven's armies. Look, we can get so confident in our own ideas and our own interpretation of what the news says and our own beliefs of who's telling the truth and who's not on our own beliefs of who will win the election that we will say that it's a prophecy from God. Like we can get so confident in our ideas. We, we can just have this feeling, right? Like, oh man, I just bet so-and-so going to do this or so-and-so going to win or this is what is going to happen. We can get so confident in our own authority, in our own ideas that we will say that it's a prophecy from the Lord. But God warns us. He's warning those prophets, but this is also a warning for us that if we're not careful, we can be so caught up in our own ideas, our own beliefs, that we will say that they're a prophecy from God. And that leads people astray. And God is not, God is not all right with that. But he continues, this is what you should say to the prophets. What is the Lord's answer? Or what is the Lord saying? But suppose they respond, this is a prophecy from the Lord. Then you should say, this is what the Lord says. Because you have used this phrase, prophecy from the Lord, even though I warned you not to use it, I will forget you completely. I will expel you from my presence along with this city that I gave to you and your ancestors, and I will make you an object of ridicule, and your name will be infamous throughout the ages. God is very serious, very serious about people claiming to speak for him on his behalf who did not hear from him. This is not something to be taken lightly. This is not something to just say, oops, I made a mistake. Like, like this is something serious that we need to be aware of, that we could be doing, you know, unknowingly in our own lives. But also there's many false prophets out there that do the same thing. You know, honestly, I didn't realize how big of an issue false prophecy was. <laughs> like, like my plan going into this was to just, you know, 
find the scriptures that talk about how we know if someone's a false prophet, but I didn't realize how big of an issue false prophecy was and honestly is. But God continues. He's not He's not done calling out the false prophets. So the next scripture we're getting into is Ezekiel chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, prophesy against the false prophets of Israel who are inventing their own prophecies. This just reinforces the fact that people can and will manufacture prophecies. They will invent their own prophecies. Not every prophet, once again, not every prophet or person who claims to hear from God is being sincere that they believe that they really heard from God. Sometimes they are literally just inventing things. They're inventing their own prophecies. This is very. This is a very problematic thing. And the possibility that there are people that are doing this is clearly high. Like it is addressed so many times in scripture. But he continues, say to them, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits the false prophets who are following their own imaginations and have seen nothing at all. O people of Israel, these prophets of yours are like jackals digging in the ruins. They have done nothing to repair the breaks in the walls around the nation. They have not helped it to stand firm in battle on the day of the Lord. Instead, they have told lies and made false predictions. They say this message is from the Lord, even though the Lord has never sent them. And yet they expect him to fulfill their prophecies. Can your visions be anything but false if you claim this message is from the Lord when I have not even spoken to you? Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because what you say is false and your visions are a lie, I will stand against you, says the sovereign Lord. I will raise my fist against all the prophets who see false visions and make lying predictions, and they will be banished from the community of Israel. Once again, God is very serious about people who claim to speak for him. He does not take false prophecy lightly and neither should we. This is this is something that has concerned me on a lot of these false prophets I have seen online is when they clearly got it wrong, when they clearly did not hear from God, they will have a community of people who say, hey man, it's okay. Don't worry. You'll, you'll get it next time. Like, like, don't worry, man. You're good. Yeah, it was wrong, but you know what? God's in control. And, and they'll green light, they will green light the false prophecies of these people. And we have to understand that, that God takes this extremely seriously. This is not something that you can just, oops, I messed Sorry, God, I messed up, bro. My bad, dude. Yeah, I led a bunch of your people astray. My bad, homie. No, no, no. This isn't something that you just get a second chance on. God is very serious about this. And look, he continues on. I will blot their names from Israel's record books and they will never again set foot in their own land. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. This will happen because these evil prophets deceive my people by saying all is peaceful when there is no peace at all. It's as if the people have built a flimsy wall and these prophets are trying to reinforce it by covering it with whitewash. This just continues to, to hit our desires, right? It's all about desires. A huge chunk of the cause of false prophecy is desires. Desires to uphold our own beliefs. Desires to see things play out the way that we wish they would play out. Desires for money. Desires for greed. Desires for control. Desires to ignore God's will. Maybe because what God actually wants to bring is not something that we want to go through. But it all boils down to our desires. And Micah even reinforces this in Micah chapter two, verse 11. 
He says, suppose a prophet full of lies would say to you, I'll preach to you the joys of wine and alcohol. That's just the kind of prophet you would like. <laughs> we, have to, we have to understand if, if we want to be able to point out false prophecies and not be deceived by them, we have to understand that false prophecy tends to pull on our desires. Like, like nobody wants to hear of impending judgment. Nobody wants to hear of hardship. Nobody wants to hear that their political candidate is going to lose. Nobody wants to hear these things. And so a majority of false prophecy attacks our desires and preaches to us what we would love to hear. Like, look at the examples of the false prophets that we just read through that God is rebuking. They are pulling on the desires of the people, of their listeners. They're promising peace. They're promising prosperity. They're promising joy. They're promising that they can continue on in their own sinful lifestyle and no harm will come their way. They are preaching to their desires instead of what God desires. Look at what uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3-5 through 5 has to say about kind of going off of our desires. He says, For a time is coming. When people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, they will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and chase after myths, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. This should be one of the most important verses that we go through. The, uh, he hits he hits the nail on the head. This is so crucial for us if we want to be able to avoid falling to the deception of false teaching and false prophecy. You know, the majority of false prophecies that I have ran across in the last few months, and I've ran across a lot, um, they have been about the 2020 election. That's the majority. There's been some about COVID and some about just what 2020 in general would bring, but the majority of them have been about the 2020 election and who would win and who wouldn't win and all of this stuff. And I'm not here to talk politics. So don't, so don't think that D don't get in the comments. Don't, don't leave no reviews talking about, Oh my gosh, he political. I could care less. This has nothing to do with politics. My position on politics does not matter. It does not influence anything. So once more, before we start into this, this has nothing to do with politics. I do not care. My my allegiance is to God in what his word says. My allegiance is not to any political party or political candidate at all. Get that on the table. All right, let's get into this. The bottom line is this. The multitude of prophecies that were given on YouTube and, and everywhere else said that Trump would be president on inauguration day, January 20th, 2021. You can trust me, you can look them up. They are a dime a dozen. You can find them everywhere. There have been so many prophecies from people on YouTube, Facebook, wherever you can find it, that proclaim that the word of God, not their opinion, not what they thought the polls were trending, but that God Himself said that Trump would be president in office January 20th, 2021, inauguration day. And if we are going to take scripture, with more seriousness than we take our own desires or than we take politics or our own beliefs on how things should have played out, then we have to come back to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Because these false prophets 
a lot of them are continuing to double down on what they said, even though the day has came and passed. And Timothy warns us that there is a time where people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, that we will follow our own desires and we will look for teachers. We will look for people who will tell us what we want to hear. And because of this, we will reject the truth and will chase after myths. That's the problem. And regardless of your desires or how you feel, regardless of who you wanted to win the election, regardless of all of this, and I know this can be emotional for people because you poured your heart and soul into this. You believe that you know one side is better for the country than the other. I get all of your desires and all of your feelings, but regardless of those desires and regardless of how you feel, we have to do what Timothy says. We have to do what Timothy says, and we have to approach what we have been told with a clear mind putting our desires aside. We have to approach it with a clear mind in every situation. And if we do that, then we have to acknowledge that these prophecies that were given, that Trump would be in office January 20th, 2021, we have to acknowledge that they were wrong, that those prophecies were false, and therefore the quote-unquote prophets that gave them are false prophets. You might not want to hear that. I get it. You might not desire to hear that. But if we are going to put God in his word above our desires, which we should be doing, then that's what we have to do. We have to approach everything we hear, every teaching, every prophecy, all of it. We have to approach it with a clear mind that sets aside our desires for the truth. And, and what Timothy gives us here is more for the listener and the receiver of the quote-unquote prophecy than it is for the prophet. This gives us the tools that we need to see the teachings and the prophecy through the sober lens of discernment in the Holy Spirit instead of seeing it through the lens of our desires, our notions that were already held, and what we want. That's what we have to do. So we need to test these prophecies. Here's a little tip. When listening to prophecy... Just like Timothy said, put your desires at the door, test the prophecy for what it is against God's word and against truth. So how do we test it? Well, good thing that we have a few verses that actually stress the importance of testing prophecy. The first one comes in first Thessalonians chapter five, 18, 18 through 22 it says, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not stifle the Holy spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies. But test everything that is said. Test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good and stay away from every kind of evil. Now, this is interesting. Um, this verse, I have seen a decent chunk of false prophets use this verse to defend themselves. Like, like when they got found out to be wrong and mistaken, they will use this to defend themselves. And they'll say, hey, the Bible says don't scoff at prophecies. All right. So leave me alone. Don't scoff at prophecies. I got it wrong. It's whatever. And no, 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 no that, that, that's not what, that's not what Paul is, is saying. That this isn't a scripture to defend false prophets. This is a scripture to say prophecy, actual good prophecy is good. So don't scoff at it. Don't, don't think that prophecy, actual prophecy from God is just, you know, crazy and wild and you shouldn't listen to it. He's saying, no, don't scoff at prophecy. But when you do hear a prophecy, test everything that is said and then hold on to the ones that are good. And stay away from every kind of evil. That's what he's saying. 
The next one that tells us the importance of testing prophecy comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. Dear friends, do not believe everyone who claims to speak by the Spirit. You must test them to see if the Spirit they have comes from God, for there are many false prophets in the world. So here's the simplest way to test it. And we're going to refer back to the first verse that we used, and that's in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 21. Reason why? Because this is just, it's just, it's so simple. All right. God says this. He says, but you may wonder, how will we know whether or not a prophecy is from the Lord? That's a good question, right? Well, he says that the prophet speaks in the Lord's name, but his prediction does not happen or come true. You will know that the Lord did not give that message that the prophet has spoken without my authority and need not be feared. It doesn't get any more simple than this. <laughs> like, like, like God is, is very clear on how we are to test and know if we're dealing with a true prophet or a false prophet. It's simple. You know, God, God didn't say, yeah, you know, to, to test the prophets. I mean, you gotta, you gotta know the whole Bible. Um, you gotta pray about it for five weeks. Then you gotta fast. And then I need you to sacrifice some animals. Out like, like, no, it, it wasn't hard. God simply said, if what they said does not happen or come true, then they are a false prophet. It's that simple. Guys, please. It, it's that simple. If you're, if you're listening to prophets and they are incorrect, if they get dates wrong, if they get details wrong, if they get anything wrong, if, if anything that they said did not happen or did not come to pass, they did not hear from God. It's that simple. God's word is not mistaken. The visions and dreams and all this stuff that God gives is not wrong. If God has a message that he wants to give to his people, he will give it to them in a clear, unmistaken way. So if there is any prophet that you come across and they are wrong and they say, oh, I just, I just misunderstood it. No, no, no. We have to refer to scripture and not to our desires or not to what man or woman says. We have to refer to scripture and scripture says from God's own words that if what they said did not happen or come true, then they did not hear from God and they are a false prophet. It's that simple. But we have more examples of how we are to test the spirit. Paul gives us a better example. In, and we find this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 26 through 29. And here, to give you context, Paul is giving instruction on how churches should worship when they meet. So it's kind of giving them like, a, hey, you know, when you meet up at church, do this. <laughs> this is what you should do. And so he says, well, my brothers and sisters, let's summarize. When you meet together, one will sing, another will teach, another will tell some special revelation God has given. One will speak in tongues and another will interpret what is said. But everything that is done must strengthen all of you. No more than two or three should speak in tongues. They must speak one at a time and someone must interpret what they say. But if no one is present who can interpret, they must be silent in your church meeting and speak in tongues to God privately. Let two or three prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. So what is Paul saying? He's saying that if you have someone, even the members of your own church, people that you would trust, if anyone is speaking in the spirit, so either speaking in tongues or giving a prophecy from God. If anyone's speaking in the spirit, something that is given orally that is not based off of scriptures. So you can't just flip through your Bible and verify it. So if someone is giving you something orally, whether it's tongues or prophecy, it needs to be evaluated. You need to test it. 
You need to test it. It has to be done. You cannot just take what people are saying and prophesying at face value without testing it. We cannot put our faith into the words of man. Paul understands this. This is why he's telling people to evaluate what's said, because he understands that people can be mistaken. And if they are mistaken, there needs to be other people there who love that person enough to evaluate what they are saying. And if they are wrong and need correction, that they will correct it. But if they're right and the people evaluate and they say, yeah, that's right. Then guess what? We're all good. So someone who is speaking on their own accord, this is so, so important. I feel like this is one of the most important testing verses when it comes to prophecy. This is so important. Paul's saying that when someone is speaking from their own accord, so something that is not written in scripture, it has to be evaluated. It has to be tested. And if it can't be, then it shouldn't be said out loud. If you if you are listening to someone that says that anyone who disagrees with them, anyone that is testing them, anyone who who is giving them correction is wrong and hateful and prideful and they're just throwing stones. If you're listening to someone like that who is unwilling to allow what they have been said to be evaluated, you should not listen to them because they're going against what the word of God says. This is something also I see time and time again on these false prophecies is that they will claim that anybody that disagrees, anybody who has correction, anybody who is trying to get clarification is simply just throwing stones. They're rebelling against God and that God will bring judgment on them. Anyone, whether it's a teacher, a a spiritual leader, an influencer, a prophet, whoever, anyone who claims to speak from God, who claims to speak from the spirit, who will not allow you to evaluate what has been said should not be listened to. If we're going to listen to what Paul says and we're going to listen to scripture, then they shouldn't be listened to. Once again, I'm not against prophecy. I believe that it is alive and well today. And I believe that prophecy is good. Look at what the writer of Acts says in chapter two, verse 17. This is showing that prophecy is good. He says, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young uh, men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. This happened right after the Holy Spirit came upon the people at Pentecost. And Peter starts uh, preaching this, this sermon saying, yo, <laughs> like, like y'all gonna, y'all gonna start prophesying. Like, this is a good thing. Look at what second Peter uh, chapter one, verse 18 says about prophecy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns. In Christ, the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or own human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. What is he saying? Well, one, he says that true prophecy is like a lamp shining in a dark place. It's a good thing. True prophecy from God is a good thing. I mean, geez, it's prophecy that predicted the greatest gift on earth. And that's Jesus. The prophets were pointing to Jesus. But he clarifies that the prophecy never came from their own understanding or from their own initiative. You, they couldn't just decide that, hey, man, 
I think I'm gonna hear from God today. Like, like that didn't happen. The prophecies never came from their own initiative. They didn't just wake up and say, man, I need to hear a word from God today. So uh, God gets to work on that and I'll see you at 10 o'clock. Like, like that never happened. It happened on God's timing, not their own. And this is another problem I see when it comes to these prophets and, and online prophets and all of these things is that it just seems like somehow, some way, they get groundbreaking prophecy every single day, just in time for a YouTube upload to get millions of views. <laughs> like, like if you watch these people, you'll notice like, wow, somehow God is speaking to them every single day. And it just so happens that they're getting hundreds of thousands and millions of views and they're making money. Well, that's, that's weird. I've even seen some of these prophecy videos titled like, I asked that God would give me a dream last night and he did. This is what he said. Like, like, no, prophecy does not come on our own initiative. It, it, it just doesn't happen that when you look at the biblical prophets, sometimes they would go months, years before hearing from God. The people that God actually spoke to, like Abraham, sometimes Abraham would go five, 10 years before hearing anything from God. So it just strikes me as odd how all of a sudden these prophets who got things incorrect from God are just so happening to receive prophetic word from God himself every single day, just in time to get those YouTube uploads and to get views. And this, this, this strikes me, and this is important. I want us to understand how prophets were viewed in the Bible, like actual prophets, how they were viewed, um, because they were not loved by their people. They, they weren't loved. They weren't revered. They didn't have parties thrown for them. They didn't have tons of people praying for them and, and praying that they'll continue to hear in the spirit. They weren't getting hundreds of thousands of views on their videos. Uh, the actual prophets in the Bible, they, they were slandered. They were rejected. They got killed like John the Baptist who prophesied that Jesus was coming and he ended up having his head be served on a tray. And why is this, right? Why were the prophets not just adored and loved by other followers of God? Because often they spoke against the desires of the people. They spoke against what the people wanted to hear. I mean, Jeremiah, Jeremiah was despised by his people. If you read Jeremiah chapter 11, verse 18, they had plans to kill him. In the book of Jeremiah, there's multiple times where they had plans to kill him. And Jeremiah is like, yo, why? Like, like, why am I in this position? I don't want, I don't want this, right? Ezekiel, you read the first few chapters of Ezekiel. He was told from the jump, from the get-go that he would face threats. God even told him that Ezekiel would go out and prophesy these words and the people would not even listen to him. They'd reject him. Even Israel confess to their treatments of the prophets. If you read Nehemiah chapter nine, verse 26, listen to this. But despite all of this, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who warned them to return to you. And they committed terrible blasphemes. Prophets were not loved. Like, like the majority of prophets were, were not just adorned by their people. They did not get listened to. Their people rejected them. And sometimes they were killed for it. It's a complete 180 
from the prophets and prophecies that we hear nowadays, where these guys are getting hundreds of thousands of views and making millions and bukus of money off of it. But I want to finish with Jesus, which is always a good thing to do, start and finish with Jesus. Um, Let's listen to what Jesus has to say. Because you might be thinking, well, Dante gave us a bunch of scripture and all that, but but what did Jesus have to say about false prophecy? Well, let's take a look. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. This is important to note. Jesus is saying that there are going to be false prophets who disguise themselves as someone you can trust, disguise themselves as harmless. You see this uh, materialized a lot where there, there will be people who will read the Bible and quote scripture to try and make it seem like they're on our side, that, that you know they're following God, and that they're hearing from God. But you know, not every person who knows or quotes the Bible has good intentions. The devil quoted the Bible to Jesus. The, the devil knew scripture. And he tried to tempt Jesus. <laughs> so don't tell me that just because they know scripture and they can, you know, give you a Bible verse and say all the, you know, spiritual things about God is love and God redeems. They can say all of that and not have good intentions. They can be like sheep who are really vicious wolves. And Paul deals with this in his letter to Timothy. Re- read Paul's letter to Timothy. There were people there who were preaching false doctrine. They were using the Bible. They were using scripture to preach to, to preach false doctrine, to sway people away from, from God. But Jesus continues on. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So how do we identify prophets' fruit? Well, Jesus said to identify them by their actions. And if Deuteronomy 18 is true, then we would identify prophets by the fact that, well, did their prophecy come true? <laughs> like how they said it was going to come to pass, did it come to pass? If it did, good, they got good fruit. If it didn't, they don't have good fruit and we need to avoid them. Look at Matthew chapter 24. Verse 23 to 25. This is the last verse today. Jesus says, Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about this ahead of time. So Jesus warns us that false messiahs and false prophets will rise up. You know, this isn't a problem that you know, no longer exists. This isn't one of those problems where it's like, oh, that was then and this is now. It's alive and well today. Jesus tells us that he has warned us about this ahead of time because this is going to be a problem. And Jesus doesn't doesn't say that just because you're a Christian and you believe in him that you're immune to fall into this deception. He said that they come to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. So don't fall into the trap that just because you are a Christian and you love Jesus and love God with all of your heart. You could have all the greatest intentions in the world and you are still susceptible to falling to false teaching and being deceived if you're not careful. All right. This was a long one. Wow. The longest, the longest podcast we've had. Thank y'all for sticking with me. But I want to wrap this up 
tie a nice little bow on it. So to wrap it up, I got three points. One, false prophecy is still alive and well today. We need to be aware of its existence and the effect that it has on the body of Christ. We need to test the prophecies based off of God's word and not our desires. And some of the the greatest words that we can test it off of is going to be Deuteronomy 18, 21, 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 through 5. Those are some of the most concrete ones that we can test prophecies off of if we fully follow them instead of our desires. And then last, be careful with speaking on behalf of God. Be careful saying that God said this, or God showed you this, or God told you this. Be careful with it because God takes it very seriously. And ask yourself this question. Are you willing to die for what God has shown you or what God has said to you? And there will be some instances where, yes, you you believe full heartedly that this is what God showed you. And he, he very well could have. And if that's the case, share it to the world. But if there's any doubt, if there's any possible way that it could have been your desires that led you to that conclusion, be careful with claiming that it's a word from God. Well, y'all, I thank y'all for hanging out with me today. I hope that that these verses and this teaching helps you. Once again, don't take my word for it. Study these scriptures yourself. They will all be in the description and in the show notes so you can read through them, look at the context, and read for yourself exactly what the word of God says. I hope you share this with your friends and family because this is teaching that is going to be so helpful for so many people, especially right now. And I will see y'all next week. Peace out.